Welcome back to the Gridiron Authority Podcast. I'm Keith Thornton. With me, as always, my co-host, Mike Adams. Mike, what are we covering in this episode? Uh, I mean, injuries. Injuries are the big topic this week. So a lot of, a lot of injuries and uh, a lot of progression by, by uh, some teams this week. All right, let's get started. All right, let's open by recognizing Gale Sayers, who died today at the age of 77. Despite his injury-shortened career, he was a first ballot Hall of Famer and really one of the greatest of all time. I know, Mike, whenever we would talk about our favorite running backs, he was always number one for you. So uh, what do you got to say about him? Yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously a very sad day. Uh, very sad day for the NFL and just football fans in general. I mean, Gale Sayers, again, um, had he played in a different time with better with, I mean, honestly, with better medical practices where, you know, some of the injuries he suffered were at that time, you know, career ending really, um, now they, you know, they, they could fix a lot of them and, and he could have put up a lot different stats. Um, even with that being said, I mean, the, the amount of records he held when he retired, um, I mean, most, most all purpose yards in, in a single season, uh six touchdowns in a single game uh he's still in the top i think five in in uh kickoff return touchdowns um averaged over five yards a carry um at a time when you know running the ball was was the thing i mean everyone expected you to run the ball um they stacked the box against him and he was still you know able to to get five yards you know five yards a carry um i mean he was really kind of barry sanders before barry sanders um which is really saying something. So, uh, I mean, the the impact he had on on football is, is uh, unmeasurable. Really, still the youngest guy ever entered into the uh, into the Hall of Fame at I think thirty four years old. Um, if you've never seen either version of Brian's song, I really suggest you go out either watch the nineteen seventy one version uh, where Billy D Williams, uh, Lando Calrissian plays Gale Sayers, or you could watch the 2001 version where Mackay Pfeiffer plays, uh, Gale Sayers. Uh, both versions are fantastic. So, um, if you haven't, if you haven't seen that, you don't know much about Gale Sayers, then go ahead, go watch those movies. He's got a lot of autobiographies out there. Um, tremendous guy, tremendous football player, tremendous human being. Um, very sad day there. Yeah. And it's really, it's crazy to me looking at his career stats. He played seven seasons, but the last two seasons, he only played two games each because of injuries. So he really only had five full seasons, which in this day and age, you know, you don't even consider a guy a Hall of Famer until you're around the 10 year mark. I mean, you're looking at people now running backs that have had careers like, you know, something like Larry Johnson, Priest Holmes. They've had three or four good years, but what he did in five years is unbelievable. Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. I mean, ag- again, um, it, it just based on his stats, you look at his stats because he didn't really play all that long in, in the grand scheme of things. Plus, back then, the game, you know, the seasons were 14 games um, rather than 16 or 17 games. Uh, sorry, 16 games. Um, so, I mean, one, he only played five seasons. Two, they were five short seasons compared to nowadays. Um, so when you look at his stats on paper compared to some of these guys now, they're not the most impressive thing in reality, but the impact that he had on the game 
um, again, it, I mean, you, you just can't count it. Um, I mean, you, you can't, you can't go against it. Um, it's something that, that really hasn't been matched since then, obviously. Um, I mean, he, the amount of, the amount of talent he had again, as a kick returner, punt returner, running back, um, again, like I said, he was, he was really, I mean, he was Barry Sanders before Barry Sanders in terms of running the ball. He was he was Devin Hester before Devin Hester, Tyreek Hill, Dante Hall, um, all these great return men. He was he was all of them wrapped up into one um, with the running style of Barry Sanders. I mean, um, he was fast, he was agile, um, and surprisingly, if you really look at him, I mean, he was a good sized guy. I mean, he was six feet tall and you know two hundred pounds. Um, which even for today's standards, that's a good size running back. Um, and imagine that in the sixties, but the guy could run. I mean, Im- imagine that size body, um, with four, four speed, um, running at you in the 1960s. Um, so again, the impact that Gail Sayers had, I mean, you, you literally cannot measure it. Um, it goes beyond stats. Um, it, it was just again, unmeasurable. He will be missed for certain. All right, let's get started with the headline Mike talked about, which is obviously the biggest headline of the week, and that's injuries. We saw serious injuries to numerous players across the league, including Saquon Barkley, Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert, Christian McCaffrey, Drew Locke, Cortland Sutton. The list just goes on and on and on. Obviously, it's got to be one of the worst weeks I can remember as far as injuries go, whether it's due to COVID or not, who really knows, and, and the lack of a preseason, but... Which team do you think is hurt worse by the injuries? I mean, it's the it's the 49ers. I think the 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 best player hurt is, in my opinion, Saquon Barkley, but the Giants, if we're realistic, weren't going to be a good team anyways. Um, they were probably a five or six team, five or six win team, even with Saquon Barkley. But the 49ers, I mean, they lost Garoppolo, who seems like he could potentially play this week, uh, but at most probably misses a game or two. Um, but then you lose Nick Bosa, defending NFL rookie, you know, defensive rookie of the year, uh, NFL all pro, you lose Solomon Thomas, um, for an extended amount of time, uh, Raheem Mostert, um, I believe is out, uh, three or four weeks, something like that. Five weeks. Um, well, with that's on M- top of, of, of the, of tight end and, and, uh, yeah, I don't know, I'm drawing a blank on his name. George Kittle. There you uh, go, George Kittle. Yeah. And, and you got and Richard Truman was also out. So, I mean, this uh, team well, uh, uh, Dabo, uh, or sorry, Debo Samuel, um, at wide receiver. Uh, I mean, the, the, yeah, they already, they already had four or five big injuries going into the week. And now they had another four or five leaving the week. Um, so obviously, I think they, that's the team that gets hurt the most. The Broncos. Uh, I mean, Cortland Sutton was already hurt. Uh, they just got confirmation that it was worse than they they feared, honestly. Um, and I think injury-wise for the season, the Broncos are probably number two because they've lost Von Miller, you know, probably for the season. I know he's talking about trying to get back on the field later this year, but, I, I mean, if they're out of the race, there's no point. Just let, them, let it be. Um, but Cortland Sutton done for the year. Uh, Lindsay's missing some time. Drew locks out two to what, two to six weeks. Um, so, I mean, I'd say they're number two, but they already had some injuries going into the week. Um, the Drew lock injury is just kind of the icing on the cake, essentially. Um, 
and again, Saquon Barkley, I think, is the best individual player hurt, but that, I mean, realistically, in terms of wins uh, and the Giants' placement, it probably didn't change too much because they were already, you know, they're a rebuilding team. They already had a lot of issues and a lot of holes, and uh, Saquon Barkley getting hurt just kind of made it a little bit worse. Yeah, and I think it's kind of the same thing for Christian McCaffrey. Don't know how long he's going to be out, but the Panthers are in the same situation the Giants are in. They're not in contention to win anything. So yeah. even, even though Christian McCaffrey might be more important to his team than a lot of yeah. people, and same with Saquon Barkley, the 49ers, they were you know obviously Super Bowl contenders last year in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. against the Chiefs. Then you turn around, and this division this year is absolutely stacked. I mean, the Seahawks are playing phenomenal. Russell Wilson's looking like an MVP. The Cardinals are playing lights out. The Rams are winning. Um, I think the 49ers are in trouble. They might have even been in trouble before the injuries, but now they're they're definitely the team that's hurt worse by it. Yeah, for sure. And, and Christian McCaffrey, I mean, he should be back somewhere around, you know, the midway point of the season. Um, but obviously, you know, Saquon's done for the year. Nick Bosa's done for the year. Um, uh, Solomon Thomas, I still haven't actually heard how long he'll be out. Um, I know it's a knee injury, but I haven't actually heard anything about length of time for him. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, Christian, Christian McCaffrey should be back. I mean, they're saying four to six weeks, but uh, I mean, he's saying he's going to try and get back sooner, but we'll see. You know, I'm going to issue a correction. It's not the 49ers, the team that's hurt the worst. It's my fantasy football team. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm 0-2 now and Saquon Barkley out for the season. I'm pretty much done for, but we'll see how I can recover. You're 0-2 in how many leagues? Let's, you know what? Let's go on to the next question here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This has to be one of the oddest injuries I've ever heard. Um, obviously, I'm watching the Chiefs game. They go to kickoff. All of a sudden, Justin Herbert's out there on the field. No one knows what's going on with Tyrod Taylor. He was not even really questionable. He just had some sore ribs going into the game. Well, today they released the fact that he had sore ribs. He planned to play with a flak jacket on. He went to the team doctor about a minute before kickoff. The team doctor went to give him a numbing agent via injection into his ribs, went too far and pierced his lung. Um, Obviously, he had to go to the hospital. Justin Herbert got the start. Uh, What do you think is going to happen with this doctor situation? I know the NFLPA is launching an investigation already, but this is a messed up deal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, I mean, obviously the the doctor's got to go. I mean, I would think that they can't bring him back from just from a malpractice standpoint. Um, I would assume. Um, obviously, I'm no expert on malpractice, but it's you know if you give a guy a shot and you collapse his lung, um, that tends to be an issue. It's you know not only <laughs> do you get the you know how do you get the trust back from that player, but how do you get the trust back from any player? Um, with that organization, I mean, you, you were literally giving a, a numbing ad- agent and collapsed his lungs. So, um, I mean, I would think he's got to go. Um, uh, my big question is going to be what ramifications does this have for, for the franchise? You know, what kind of liability does this, you know, put on the chargers? Um, uh, what does this do to, to Tyrod Taylor in terms of being able to actually still play, um, within the coming weeks, you know, they're saying he's the starter if he's healthy, but at the same time, you know, Justin Herbert played lights out this past week. Um, if he play, if he gets another start or two and keeps playing like this, you know, they can't go back to Tyron Taylor. They spent a top 10 pick on, on Justin Herbert. And if he has two or three phenomenal games in a row, you can't go back to Tyron Taylor. 
Um, and so now you potentially just cost this guy, you know, maybe his last opportunity at starting in the NFL. Um, so, I mean, the, the liability standpoint, the malpractice standpoint, uh, and the trust is, is gone. I mean, the guy's got to go. I would, I would think. I think the only chance they've got, and I've heard this, they said that, um, they obviously repaired what, what happened to his lung and they said that there's actually a chance he could play this week. He might be 90%. Um, Anthony Lynn says he needs to be hundred percent. So he might miss one week. But like you said, if, if Justin Herbert comes out, plays exactly the same as he played this week or last week, this week, there's no way they're going to put Tyrod Taylor in. And then I think you're going to see an ugly breakup between the two and uh, probably a lot of lawsuits because I mean, he was in, in command of the offense until that happened. And now all of a sudden he's looking at being unemployed. So it's going to be real nasty. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's going to be crazy. All right, let's dive into our game recaps. Let's start with the Browns defeating the Bengals on Thursday night football. Joe Burrow threw 61 times, which is a rookie for NFL or a rookie in the NFL record. I swear I'll get this right sometime. What'd you think of this game? I it was a better game than I thought it would be. Um, you know, I I I picked the Bengals to win the game. Um but I mean the Browns came out, they did what they should have done. They they ran the ball extremely well. Um, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, um, both ran the ball well. Um, they did a good job early on getting uh, Baker Mayfield in in the rhythm. Um, he is he he's a rhythm quarterback, and they did a, a good job of getting building up that confidence early. And you could see, you know, as the game progressed, you know, he hit that deep pass to uh, Odell Beckham. I think it was a forty three yard touchdown. Um, he had some nice throws. He still, you know, had a couple couple bad throws but i mean they did a good job of protecting baker mayfield from baker mayfield um by running the ball and, and giving him safe throws and confidence building throws um on the flip side you know again super impressed with joe burrow uh through 61 times he only threw for 316 yards so um he's not being super aggressive down the field um but he also didn't make i don't think he had a single turnover interception or fumble um and had three touchdowns so um, it's an impressive game on both sides. Um, I'm not sold that this is the game that turns the Browns around because the Bengals were the worst team in the league last year. And although they're playing better this year, uh, you know, they're still, they're still not a great team. They're still a rebuilding team. So, uh, I'm not sold on, on this being that, that catapult game for the Browns, but, um, it was a solid win and a solid game by both, by both teams. Yeah, and that's what I've been kind of saying. You know, you don't go from a two-win team with the Bengals to a 10-win team. So it's not like this is a real quality win for the Browns. And they, you know, they, I wouldn't say they handled this game like all the way across. It was really close there at the end. Um, I don't think the Browns are all of a sudden fixed. I think they still have a lot of issues they got to work through. But yeah, I'm, I, I'm in the same boat you are where it's kind of a, it's a good stepping stone game for both teams. I mean, the Bengals look good. The Browns finally got the win. They're looking a little bit better communication-wise between Baker Mayfield and Odell. So uh, I think it's a they're on the right path. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, for sure. All right. A 2-0 and o start for the Bears has your prediction looking pretty solid. Uh, Bears beat the Giants in a game that saw Saquon Barkley tear his ACL. What do you think? How are the Bears looking? Uh, you know, I'll say this um, early on Trubisky. It was kind of a flip from last week. 
Um, so early on or early on last week, Trubisky was looking like, you know, old Trubisky. Um, and then he turned it on and he made some phenomenal plays at the end of the game. This week, he started off pretty hot um, and kind of slipped up at the end. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Bears won a game that they should have won. Um, it wasn't impressive. It wasn't, a, you know, it wasn't a pretty win. It wasn't, um, you know, uh, a quality win, but it was a win nonetheless. And it was a win that they should have had. Um, Trubisky played solid defense played great. Um, you know, they kind of lucked out a little bit with Saquon Barkley getting hurt. Um, but again, this, you know, whether, I mean, it, Really, whether you uh, you win by the four points that they won by, or win by twenty points, at the end of the day, a win's a win. Um, and this is this is one that they were that they were projected to win, and that they should have won. And they went out and they did what they needed to do. They won the game, and they're two and zero now. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I see it. Two and zero is two and zero. It's not impressive either one. I mean, they're going to have wins over the Lions and the Giants without Saquon, so it's uh it's kind of a deceiving two and zero. But their schedule really. Is looking pretty good. They got the Falcons coming up this week. They got a real shot at looking at three and zero to start the season, which you could not ask for a better start. If you're the Bears, uh, the Packers are going to be tough in this division, but I like what the Bears are doing. Yeah, I mean they're you know at the end of the day, like we've said, a, a win's a win, and you don't have to you know you don't have to win pretty the way you know or have a dominant win the way the the Chiefs have the last few years or the way the Ravens are this year. Um, at the end of the day all three teams are two and zero. um, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's again, a win's a win and, um, whether it's by a point or by 25 points. So, um, good start by him. All right, let's move on to this game. And I know you're probably having severe mood swings throughout this game. Cowboys pull off really an unthinkable comeback and score twice in just over two minutes with no timeouts to beat your favorite coach in the league, Dan Quinn and the Falcons. Yeah, it's an exciting win, but honestly, it really shouldn't have been this exciting, which is the, the most frustrating part about it. Falcons aren't really a good team, and and how they lost this game can really only be done by the Falcons. They've done it numerous times, up 20 to nothing at the end of the first quarter, up by two scores with over two minutes remaining. How are you feeling right now about the Cowboys? They got the win, but it wasn't pretty. I mean, uh, I, I'll say this. As a Cowboys fan, um, and I could say this for any Cowboys fan is uh, we're we're kind of cocky assholes, and we knew that we were going to win this game Tell the entire time. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, we we knew that we were going to win this game the entire time. Confidence—that's what we're all about. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like I have a text message that might defeat or refute that. Delete the text message. You sell nothing. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I mean, again, kind of going back to the last game. I mean, a win's a win. At the end of the day, they're five hundred. They, you know, they're one and one. The Falcons are zero and two. Uh, you know, the Falcons got off to a great start. The Cowboys ended the game great. Um, I mean, it was an ugly game by both teams, though. I think the Cowboys first quarter lost two fumbles or through two or three fumbles, four fumbles. Yeah, I mean, uh, and the Falcons scored basically off of all of them. So, I mean, the Cowboys played a really ugly first quarter. The Falcons played a really ugly uh, fourth quarter. Um, I mean, the most surprising part is that that onside kick. I mean, that's something in, in peewee football they teach us. You know, you, you it doesn't have to go 10 yards for, for the return team to recover it. Uh, and Dan Quinn saying that, well, they knew that uh, it didn't have to go 10 yards. 
that they knew the rules, but you watch the video, those guys were literally backing up from the ball, waiting for it to go 10 yards. Uh, I mean, it was, it was bad coaching by the special teams, bad coaching by Dan Quinn. Um, I don't want to say I told you so, but the Falcons defense cost them the game again. Um, I mean, the, the, the special teams had the blunder at the end, but that special teams would have never been in that situation if it wasn't for the, for the defense. Uh, I mean, the, uh, the defense is just so bad and, and I don't understand it because Dan Quinn, I mean, the guy is, is a defensive guru. I mean, how do you, how do you put together the Legion of boom, um, in Seattle and have those dominant defenses. And now you've been with the Falcons, what, five, five years, six years. Yeah. And too the many defense, years, too many yeah, years. For and sure. the defense just gets worse every year. I don't, I don't understand it. I mean, the offense, they have the offense. The Falcons offense is one of the best in the league every single year. Um, and yet their, their defense ruins it. I mean, I feel bad for Julio Jones and Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley and, and now Todd Gurley and all those guys because their their defense ruins it every single year for them and and I like the Falcons I I really do despite how much I I badmouth Dan Quinn um but I mean they're they just have the they have the worst luck um, moving on to the Cowboys though again I mean it was a really ugly first quarter by them it was a really great second half honestly by them uh, Dak Prescott played phenomenally. Uh, Zeke Elliott had a great game. Uh, C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper both had 100 yards receiving. Uh, Dalton Schultz, who you know came in for Blake Jarwin week one when Blake Jarwin tore his ACL, uh, you know I was pretty critical of him week one. He played like garbage. He had several drops that I think cost him the you know cost him the game against the Rams, honestly. Um, and this week he came out and looked great. Uh, I think he had a 88 yards and a touchdown receiving. Um, so he seemed a lot more comfortable, seemed a lot more in rhythm. Um, big concern is they do have a lot of injuries on defense. Um, I think this upcoming week against the Seahawks, they're going to be down two cornerbacks, um, not to mention Leighton Van Der Esch, Sean Lee, um, Demarcus Lawrence are kind of keeping an eye on, on a sore knee that he has. Uh, so that's a little concerning. So the, on the defensive side, I'm concerned offense. I mean, we knew the offense was high powered and, and it, it took them a little bit to get going in this game, but you know, once they got going, they were good. You know, I got to say th- this is the only thing that gets me and, and Teddy Bruschi actually said this this week and I typically agree with him, but this is something I agree on. He said, he took the star off the Cowboys helmet, took that pressure of being America's team off their average. I mean, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, I think when people think of the Cowboys and they think about all the talent they have, they automatically think Super Bowl. But when you think about it, they have a brand new head coach. Uh, yeah. It's hard to be a Super Bowl team with a, a guy who's coached two games with you. I mean, yeah. Uh, if you put an Eagles logo on them, for instance, like it wouldn't be a big deal. Everyone would just be like, yeah, they're just an average team. And I think that that's where they're at right now. They have a, they have a high ceiling. But we said both week one and week two that these both needed to be statement games where they come out and they put down their opponents to say, hey, we're Super Bowl contenders, and they didn't do it either time. They lost one and almost lost a second one if it wasn't for the Falcons, you know, being the Falcons. But um, they're a good team. I just don't know that they're a Super Bowl team this year just because, I mean, it's hard to expect that. There's no team I've ever seen that takes a brand-new head coach and automatically is Super Bowl contenders. But when you look at the Cowboys, it's just natural to automatically assume the Cowboys are going to be there. So 
Um, I like yeah. the Cowboys. We both said I got them in the, cha- in the NFC Championship game, but how much of that's influenced by uh, just the <laughs> the sheer? It's the Cowboys. They're going to be good. I think it's. Uh, I think right now, as of right now, they're just average. They need to come out and and honestly, they need to beat the Seahawks this week. But they need yeah. to win some of these big games to prove that they're actually contenders. So I don't think it's necessarily negative, but I just think that they're really just uh, an average team right now. Yeah, I mean, and and I said, you know, earlier, I don't remember if it was last week or the week before that, um, you know, my goal was for the Cowboys to at least be four and four after um, after the first half of the season, because I do believe by by that point, we'll know who they are like they if they should be hitting their stride at that point, if they could be 500 and then finish the season strong. Um, I think that they have a shot, but they can't be an inconsistent team like they were under Jason Garrett, where one week they come out and, you know, they look like a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And then the next week they come out and you say, oh, my God, are they even a playoff team? Um, that's the one thing they cannot do. Um, and and again, mid by midpoint of the season, I think we'll have our answer on what kind of team they really are. Um, but they definitely, again, they need improvement on defense. And part of it, again, they're, they're missing a lot of starters and a lot of key players on defense. And I, I think once they can get healthy, um, once they get Van Der Esch and Lee back, um, and they have Brown back on, uh, defense and Chidobe Awuzie, um, back in, you know, at cornerback, um, and that defensive line gets a little, you know, they're not really too badly banged up, but if Demarcus Lawrence is actually hurt, that's a concern. Um, but once they get those guys back, I think the defense will at least get better and become a, you know, a, a top half defense, you know, top 15 defense. Um, but if it doesn't happen, it's going to, it could be a long season because, you know, they've got a great offense, but you don't, you can't be forced to score 40 points every single game to win. I got to tell you, the person that I don't envy is Jerry Jones right now. Cause what do you do with Dak Prescott after this year? You know what he's asking, but when you put him into a group of, let's just say the Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson right now, I mean, do you really feel as confident with him on your team as you would with any of those other guys right now? No. And, and, and I mean, I've been pretty, pretty yeah. open with that. I think Dak, I think Dak Prescott's a top 10 quarterback. Um, I, I, I mean, if, if Kirk Cousins is making 30 plus million a year, then Dak Prescott, goddamn sure better. Um, <laughs> but you know, the fact, I mean, I, 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 and obviously this is rumors cause no one's actually come out and, and shown any offers that he's been, that's been made to him or any requests that he's, he's personally made. So we don't really know the true numbers, but I mean, I've heard that he's turned down 38, 39 million a year. Um, I don't believe he's in that, you know, that Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson area in terms of being worth the money. Um, but I, I think maybe, maybe in that top five, you know, if Mahomes is making, you know, 45 or 50 million, then maybe, you know, maybe Dak is 38, 39 million. And, and I would honestly be okay with that. Um, but I don't think that he should be trying to get, you know, to match Mahomes or match Lamar Jackson or match, uh, Deshaun Watson. Cause he, j- he hasn't done as much as those guys yet. Um, in terms of, you know, just deep, you know, consistent play number one, and then deep runs into the playoffs. Um, uh, I mean, even, even, uh, 
uh, Lamar Jackson, who hasn't made a, a real deep run into the playoffs, but he's got an MVP. And then, you know, Deshaun Watson's been pretty consistent throughout his career and, and had, you know, a little bit of playoff success. But, I mean, it's that consistency that he's had, uh, not counting this year, obviously. But, uh, I mean, so I, I think, you know, he should be a top five paid quarterback, but he should not be number one or two or three. For sure. So, speaking of Kirk Cousins, let's go ahead and do a little talking about him. I'll yeah. admit, we might be a little hard on Kirk Cousins. We do a lot of bashing on him, but this week he proved us right on so many levels. Um, yeah. 11 of 26, 113 yards, no touchdowns, three picks in the loss to the Colts. Um, you know, I had much higher hopes for the Vikings this year, but it honestly, to me, looks like this team's toast right now. I mean, it, it's a Kirk Cousins staple to be good against below 500 teams. And, uh, the Colts were below 500 and he just absolutely got destroyed by the Colts. So I don't know what to think about what's going on there, but I definitely don't think he's worth the money he's making. Well, yeah, I mean, he's definitely not worth the money. I mean, Kirk, I'll say this, the Colts, um, I picked them to win that division. I'm pretty high on the Colts. Um, I'm, I, I love Jonathan Taylor. I loved him at Wisconsin. I think he's going to be a great NFL running back. Um, they did a good job of, I mean, the defense, we know the defense can be elite. We know that the offense, uh, the offensive line is elite. Um, we saw that with Jonathan Taylor had over a hundred yards and a touchdown. I think one of the big keys is, uh, they were able to control Phillip rivers, um, uh, almost, you know, kind of, like I said, with Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield earlier, um, they were able to protect Phillip rivers from Phillip rivers himself. Um, they didn't put him in a situation to force a mistake and to, you know, to force a turnover or force a bad throw, uh, which which was key. Uh, the Vikings, though, I mean, their offense, they're not running the ball. They're they're missing Stephon Diggs, obviously. They can say they're not, but they are. Uh, Adam Thielen hasn't played great this year. Um, Kirk Cousins, I mean, just bad decisions. I and as bad as as bad as I I mock Kirk Cousins, I do think Kirk Cousins is an upper echelon game manager. Um, I think you have the big play guys with Lamar Jackson and and Watson and Prescott and Mahomes and guys like that. Um, and then you have those game managers like Kirk Cousins. And I, I really feel like Kirk Cousins is is one of the better game managers in the NFL. Um, but I mean, this this week, again, I mean, less than 50 percent completion, three interceptions. Uh, if you're a fantasy player, he had negative fantasy points in every league that I saw him in. Um so I mean it, it it right now the the Vikings aren't looking good and the biggest concern isn't even Kirk Cousins it's the defense. I mean they got smoked in week 1, they got smoked in week 2 and that defense is supposed to be good. It's not even supposed to be good, it's supposed to be great. Um that should be a top 10 defense and they're just getting roasted right now. Uh so that's honestly the biggest concern. I think Kirk Cousins we know he's going to have some good games, we know he's going to have some bad games. Um I think it's going to level out eventually, but the defense is the big concern for the Vikings. The thing is, even even as a game manager, like the number one rule for just a game managing quarterback like Alex Smith is just don't turn the ball over. Yeah. Don't turn the ball over. Take your high percentage throws. They typically are around the 75% completion percentage, dunking it off. Not a lot of touchdowns, but not a lot of picks either. This game was just on all levels bad. He didn't manage the game well, and he actually cost the game by having three picks. So, um, yeah, they, they also have a tough decision to make this offseason because – He's on the hook for a lot of money in the next couple of years, and they have to make a decision on whether 
they move on from him because clearly he's not the guy that's going to lead them to where they want to go. And to me, it's also obvious that they're completely missing Stefan Diggs. Yeah, for sure. And and we talked about this before the show. I mean, it's I think it's $10 million in dead space and dead cap um, that they would have. And honestly, I mean, if, if they have a top 10 pick after this year and you got guys like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and, and, uh, uh, what's the North Dakota state guy? Is it Trey, Trey Lance? Is that who I'm thinking yeah, of? I think so. Um, I mean, those guys, I mean, I think you, you cut Kirk cousins, take the, you know, the dead cap and, uh, you know, take those guys on a rookie contract, or you can even wait for some of those guys in the second and third round. And, um, uh, you know, throwing out guys like Sam Ellinger and guys like that, um, Spencer Rattler potentially from Oklahoma. Um, there would be, I mean, several good guys, honestly, in that second and third round um, that you could even go after. That would be cheaper options that would give you probably just as much production as Kirk Cousins is looking like he's going to give you. So um, at a cheaper sure. price, so something Absolutely. to look, look look into later on. Yep. So let's look at Stephon Diggs' team now. So. Uh, Josh Allen put on an absolute show in Miami, throwing for 417 yards, four touchdowns, and the win over the Dolphins. Um, some people actually thought the Vikings were smart by shopping out uh, Stephon Diggs, but because you know they were they were saying Adam Thielen might be a better now that he's a number one guy, uh, but the results show those were not correct. Uh, Diggs had 153 yards and a touchdown, and to put that into perspective, that's more yards than the entire. Vikings passing game this week. So what are your thoughts on, on the bills? I mean, I, I love the bills. Um, I've been a big fan of them, uh, for the last few years. And, and, uh, you know, I love Josh Allen in Wyoming. I mean, anyone that knows me knows that Wyoming is my guilty pleasure college football team. Um, for some weird reason, I can't explain it. Um, it goes back well over a decade. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it goes back to their, their days with Javon Booknight and those guys, you know, in the, the mid two thousands. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Wyoming fan and uh, I love Josh Allen when he was there. I love Josh Allen in the NFL strongest arm in the NFL by far, not even a competition. But yeah, I mean the, the bills, they got a great defense, uh, great secondary, great pass rush, Jerry Hughes on the front line. Um, I mean, running game, it, it's, it's, uh, they don't have any standout running back, but they're running back by committee. Plus the ability of Josh Allen to run the ball, um, always gives them that threat to run the ball. Um, and again, you really don't know where it's coming from because it could be a different guy every week, um, including Josh Allen himself. I mean, the guy, the guy can throw a ball a mile and can throw for 400 yards, but he's also capable of running for 70, 80 yards in the game without, honestly too much of an issue um i i think the the bills you know they may not necessarily be i think they're still a year away from being a super bowl contender um but man they're they're a fun team to watch uh offensively and defensively and and i can't wait to see what they do this year um on the flip side the dolphins i mean again i'm speaking super highly of the bills but they only beat the dolphins by three points the dolphins are looking better um those trade, you know, the trades that they made over the last couple of years, the, all the draft picks that they've accumulated um, and had this year um, are obviously paying off. They're they're an zero and two team right now, but they're playing good football um, for the most part. They, you know, making some mistakes here and there. That's to be expected in a rebuild, but 
Um, you know, they're they're an O and two team, but they're a competitive O and two team, if that makes sense. So uh, I'm I'm uh, that's another team I'm excited to see. You know, kind of how they end the year, um, and or how they play the year, really, um, since we're only going into week three. But um, I like what I'm seeing from the Dolphins. I uh, love what I'm seeing from the Bills. Yeah, the Dolphins are one of those teams you're looking at. You're looking for progression every week, whether basically just ignore the win loss because, like we said with the Bengals, you're not going to take a team that's that bad, you know, in a full tank mode, and you're not going to make them a Super Bowl contender in a year. I think in about two years, you're going to see the Dolphins really, you know, putting their name in the ring for uh, being a contender because they're going to add more pieces. The pieces that they added, which are a ton this year, are going to get that experience. I think in two years, watch out. The Dolphins are going to be uh, for real. And as far as the Bills go, they've got the two things that, that to me, make any team, and that's consistency in the coaching. It's been great there. And a balance. They've got a good run game, a good pass game, like you said. The defense is great. Um, they could be a contender sooner rather than later. I mean, this division's far from over. Right now, they're in the lead. Um, but it's going to get you know, it's going to get interesting when they play the Patriots. I think that the the Bills are going to have the the advantage to me. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I think, like I said, I don't know if they're necessarily a contender this year, but if I'm the Chiefs or the Ravens or or any of those, you know, any of the who I would consider contenders in the AFC, I, I would not want to play the Bills um, because it won't be an easy win. Uh, and it's a coin flip, honestly, if, if you come out on top in that game, because uh, we, we've seen how the Bills can play. If, if you catch the Bills on on week, um, you know, you're you're in trouble. And and, you know, the Chiefs last year, you know, their playoffs, it's, you know, every week down by double digits. It's, you know, the Bills have the type of defense. If you get down by double digits, you're probably not coming back, to be honest, um, you know, at least not coming back enough to win the game. So. Um, that's, you know, I would not want, you know, whether they're a contender or a legit contender this season or not, I definitely don't want to see them in the playoffs. I feel like they could be this year's Titans where they get into yeah. the playoffs and then, you know, the, the favorites, whether it's the, like you said, the chiefs or the Ravens, but Ravens yeah. ran into the Titans and just got buzzsawed. So, uh, I Absolutely. think, I think the bills can easily get a win or two in the playoffs and I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the AFC championship and, and who knows? I mean, the season keeps going like this, they may end up sneaking into the Super Bowl. So yeah, man, that'd be that'd be fun to see, honestly. As yeah. much as as much as I'd I'd hate to see that because it means the Chiefs aren't there. That'd be fun to see. <laughs> yeah. If it had to be another team, I'd rather it be the Bills, just because uh kind of like the Chiefs franchise for so long they've been so bad. It's it's fun to see yeah uh, a franchise like that have success. Well, plus, I mean, it's, uh, they lost four Super Bowls in a row. I mean, even as a Cowboys fan who beat them in two of those Super Bowls, I feel for them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's talk about the 49ers. This this one, uh, I guess the only thing you could say is shit show. Um, like we already mentioned, Richard Sherman was out. George Kittle was out. All those injuries happened to the 49ers, and they still easily beat the Jets. Um, we talked about last week how they're our new bottom feeder team. We think they're going to be the worst in the league, even though they're not trying to tank. They are tanking. Um, so so really, the, the not-so-big headline here is the Jets are awful. They allowed an 80-yard touchdown on the very first play, and then they actually allowed a third and 31 conversion by halfback draw. What are your yep. thoughts on the Jets in this one? 
I mean, I'll 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 be honest. Um, I give Dan Quinn, you know, a lot of shit. Um, but I also respect what Dan Quinn's case. You know, the reason I give Dan Quinn as much grief as I give him is because I feel like Dan Quinn should be better. Um, as a defensive, you know, from the defensive side of the ball because that's a specialty. That's why they brought him in. They knew the offense was great there. Um, and they brought him in to sure up the defense, and he hasn't been able to do that. That's why I give him some grief. Um, with the Jets, Adam Gase is just a bad coach. Like there's there's nothing there's nothing redeeming about him at all. I mean the the players. I mean when he was in Miami, I mean guys were outright refusing to play for him. Um, the players in Miami hated him. The players in New York seemed to hate him. Uh, he he he's not a good coach in in any way and and number one how he got that job with the jets after he did such a bad job in miami i i honestly can't explain and how he's been able to keep the job when he's done such a bad job in new york um i mean is is astounding honestly he's he's just a bad nfl coach um with that being said he also doesn't have a lot of talent on that team um, I do like Sam Darnold. I do think Sam Darnold can be a good NFL quarterback, but he's got no receivers. Um, he's got a running back, but he's an injury-prone running back. Um, he got an offensive lineman this year, but they still need three other offensive linemen, honestly. Um, and then the defense is just bad. I mean, you lost the best safety in the NFL, um, and even with him, you were a bad defense. And take him away, you're an even worse defense. I mean, the the 49ers were essentially missing eight or nine starters for this game and still beat you by three touchdowns uh, or almost three touchdowns. Sorry. Uh, so I, they're just, they're just so bad on, on every level um, from the 49ers standpoint. I mean, rough game injury wise, obviously, but uh, you know, again, a win's a win. They came out, you know, they're, they're back to 500. They're in a tough division. Um, I mean, hopefully maybe this is a momentum booster for them, um, uh, and shows that they can win without some of these guys. So, um, but obviously, I mean, tough road ahead for this team though. Yeah. And I think part what the way I see the jets, the reason that Adam Gase has a job is because the GM is just bad. The, the guy who hires him is bad. That's why Adam Gase, obviously a terrible coach, but he also, you alluded to the, the lack of talent. That's also on the GM. I mean, Honestly, the the Le'Veon Bell thing was terrible. It sounded like Adam Gase didn't even want Le'Veon Bell. Um, when he got him, they've done nothing but bicker and fight the whole time, and now Le'Veon Bell's injured. They got rid of basically any kind of weapons that Sam Darnold had and didn't replace him, and then they chased off their best defensive player. It's, uh, it's a train wreck, and and like we said, it's it's shocking to see a team tank so hard that's not trying to. They're just that bad. And then for the GM to come out and be offended because everyone says they suck. Well, guess what? <laughs> you clearly do. We weren't, they weren't wrong, you know? Yeah. And, and, and again, it's, it, it's almost, I mean, it, it's going to end that green base sense where people were mad that they didn't go get Aaron Rodgers any weapons. Well, at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. It's not Sam Darnold. And like I said, I, I think Sam Darnold can be a good NFL quarterback. He's got, He's got everything you need, honestly. He's got good size, good arm strength, good accuracy. Uh, I mean, he's got everything you need except for the players around him, honestly. And and uh, I feel by the time by the time this Adam Gase experiment is over, that Sam Darnold, I mean, he's done. Uh, I feel like whoever they bring in as the next coach is going to want a new quarterback because Sam Darnold's not going to be able to prove himself. Uh, 
Uh, and that's just, it's, it's a real shame. Um, but I mean, really nothing we could do about that. <laughs> kind of reminds me of, and this is going to be a throwback here. Kind of reminds me of the David Carr situation. Dude had all yeah. the talent in the world, but he was coming into an expansion team and didn't have any weapons around him. Didn't have an offensive line around him and his career. I mean, could have been so much more had he been drafted by literally any other team, but an expansion team. And I feel kind of the same sadness yep. for Sam Darnold. I mean, what, yep. what if he what if he gets drafted by the Packers or somebody as a yep. replacement gets to train behind somebody? He could have been, you know, Hall of Fame's type quarterback, and instead he's just going to get ruined by the Jets, and his career is pretty much going to be over. Well, I mean, think think of think about this. Um, he was in the same draft as Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen. Put him on put him on Cleveland. Put him in Buffalo. What kind of you know where would he be right now? Um, not saying he'd be doing better than Josh Allen and and even Baker Mayfield had a great first year. Um, and not saying he would have hit those heights, but I mean, give him Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to hand off to, um, or give him Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley and those guys up in Buffalo with that type of defense behind him, um, where he's not going to have to score thirty five points a game to have a shot. Uh, I mean, um, imagine that for a second. Um, I mean, you can almost do that with, with guys like Mitch Trubisky and stuff, you know, imagine, you know, what would Mitch Trubisky be in, you know, in Chicago, he's a game manager essentially, but imagine if he goes to Houston instead of Deshaun Watson or, or even Kansas city, instead of Patrick Mahomes, uh, not saying he would put up the stats that those guys did obviously, but you know, maybe there's a different scenario going on at this point. So, uh, yeah, I mean, David Carr, I think, is a is a great example. By the time that guy actually got some talent around him, he had been sacked and hit so many times. He was he was so gun shy that, I mean, he basically snapped the ball and tried to throw it immediately. <laughs> yeah, it was, I always felt bad for him. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Tom Brady got his first win uh, against the Panthers. Panthers aren't good, but it's a win. So uh, do you think they're getting back on the right track? Yeah, they are. I mean, again, this talking about the Bears uh, earlier that, you know, with same with the Buccaneers, this is a game you should have won um, a game. You should have won handedly. And, th- and they did. Tom Brady had a good game. Uh, Leonard Fournette ran for over 100 yards. Mike Evans, you know, that first game, he I think he had one catch for six yards and a touchdown um, very end of the game. But he also didn't practice all week leading up to that. He wasn't really part of the game plan. Nothing was schemed around him. This week he did practice and he was part of the game plan and things were schemed around him and he had a great game. I think it was, you know, eight catches and around a hundred yards and another touchdown. So um I mean in the defense, the defense played lights out again. Um Teddy Bridgewater threw for three hundred and sixty yards for the Panthers, but at the end of the day they only scored seventeen points. Um you know, part of that, you know, helps when when Christian McCaffrey goes out with an injury. But, uh, you know, the defense for the Buccaneers playing great offense started clicking, um, you know, Panthers again, kind of talking about them. I mean, uh, Bridgewater threw for 360, but now the next, you know, basically four to six weeks are without Christian McCaffrey. So uh, I guess we're really kind of get a an idea of what this Panthers offense can do, you know, without him, honestly. So see what they're capable of, I guess. Yeah, for sure. All right. So let's talk about this chiefs game here. Um, obviously we alluded to the crazy injury to Tyrod Taylor earlier in the show, but Justin Herbert gets to start caught. I think he caught everyone off guard, including the chiefs. I mean, I was completely shell shocked. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Justin Herbert's in there just slinging it all over on the first drive. I think it just caught everyone off guard. 
ended up being a much closer game than anyone thought it should have been, but the Chiefs pull off the overtime win 23-20. What are your thoughts on the rookie's debut? Um, you know, I'm going to uh, I'll say a couple of things. Um, one, I mean, Justin Herbert, I mean, whether you're uh, a Chiefs fan or or dislike the Chargers or or whatever it is, um you have to be impressed with this kid. Um, I mean, it's his second and you know, second game in the NFL. Um, literally has minutes notice, you know, in terms of being told you're gonna start this game. Um, by the way, it's our first game in a new stadium. By the way, it's against the defending Super Bowl champions, um, going head to head with an MVP, highest paid player in the league. Good luck. You know, game starts in five minutes. Um I mean, so you have to be impressed with this kid. I mean, he he had a couple rookie mistakes that you would expect, but overall, uh, I mean, played lights out football, uh, took the Chiefs to the wire. Uh, so again, you ha- you have to be impressed with him. Showed great poise. Um, I I think if you're a Chargers fan, the the few that are out there, um, <laughs> you you got to be excited about this. I mean, maybe this will be what the Chargers need to start putting. You know, when they're allowed to you know, to put butts in the seats essentially. Um, because I mean, wow, he looked good. Um, on the, on the flip side, um, chiefs obviously didn't play a great game. I mean, they're tackling it. it looked, you know, we kind of joked around during the game, uh, in our text messages that they kind of went back to that Bob Sutton style defense of just not tackling, um, not being aggressive. I think the chargers exposed the fact that the chiefs don't have very good linebackers, um, you know, the Chiefs have a good defensive line, but um, I feel like guys like Chris Jones and and guys like that have really bought into this sack nation shit, really, and and stopped playing the run. You know, it's um they were even talking about it during the game of just run right at, at Chris Jones because he's not gonna stop you. Um he's great pass rusher, but his run his run defense has has dropped significantly this year. Um so they were able to expose the Chiefs a little bit in that. On the on the flip side, I also feel like the Chiefs may have been overlooking this game. They have that big Monday night game coming up against the Chargers or against the Ravens, I'm sorry. Um, and so honestly, they could have been looking past this game thinking this is going to be an easy win. We're going against you know probably the worst team in the division. Um, even with Tyrod Taylor, um, we should easily win this game. And then they were kind of caught off guard with the Justin Herbert stuff. Um, they just didn't play a very good game, but they played good enough to win. Um, you know, they started clicking late. They started, you know, that the between third four between third quarter, fourth quarter, and overtime. I think they scored seventeen points. Um, so they started click clicking late. They played well when they needed to do. You know, when they needed to. Um, you know, they really got the ball. You know, Mahomes was really able to move it. Uh, Kelsey had a great game. Tyree Kill had a great game. Uh, Harrison Butker, you know, the dude hit what three fifty yard field goals or something in, in overtime. <laughs> yeah. Uh it was like a fifty three yarder and then I think what was it a penalty and then hit the fifty eight yep. yarder. I'll start and then two fifty eights. Yeah, it was iced and then hit the fifty eight yarder again. And I think he said it just pissed him off when they, you know, when they iced him. So <laughs> uh so I mean they they played a rough game, but at the end of the day they they won and now they're going to play honestly the second best team in the AFC, maybe even the NFL uh, on Monday night football. I think they're going to be ready to play that game. 
Um, I think they just kind of, again, they got caught off with the Justin Herbert stuff. Uh, and I think they just kind of got caught looking past the game to be completely honest. So I'll tell you what I saw and some of the things you mentioned are, I think exactly right. First, there's no doubt in my mind that chiefs look past them because, uh, the chargers, you know, they barely won against the Bengals. Um, so, you know, they're not, they weren't looking like a great team. And I honestly think, uh, I think that he actually said it was only like 10 seconds before kickoff. They told Justin Herbert, he was officially going to start. So I actually think that's a benefit instead of knowing he was going to start and having to think about, like you said, thinking about going against the defending champs, thinking about going against Pat Mahomes, thinking about opening a new stadium. He didn't have time to think he literally had to go out there and play. And you could see that it actually pumped up the rest of their team. Uh, the the defense was playing with energy like I haven't seen in a long time. And that's actually, I think, what cost the Chargers this game. If you looked at Joey Bosa, Bosa in the fourth quarter, that guy was dead to the world. He was on the sideline most of the time, panting, breathing. He was completely out of energy. I think they found out the rookie was going to start, and they played lights out for the rookie. And yeah. and I'm going to tell you, it was scary as a Chiefs fan because – uh, in a no no offense to Philip Rivers or any of the past Chargers teams, but I haven't seen the Chargers look that good in probably a decade. I mean, it's been a long time since I've been that worried about the Chargers. Um, yeah, and and Justin Herbert looked phenomenal. Um, in our text messages, I said, <laughs> you know, I think the Chiefs can still pull it off. I think there's going to be a rookie mistake, and then shortly after that, he threw the just inexcusable pick, but. You know, as like you said, guys taking basically no practice reps with the first team to come out and and play the way he played, it was really impressive. Um, and and yeah, the Chiefs. I don't even know if it was the linebackers that couldn't tackle. It was nobody on the team could tackle. They were getting runs into the second level, and even Tyron Matthew, who's one of the the best defensive players in the league, wasn't tackling anything, wrapping up around their shoulders and pushing them out of bounds because they weren't they just weren't going for the tackles. And I think that's the part where they looked past them. So. Yeah. Uh, it's a wake up, but th- this is these are the games that to me make championship teams. Though you're gonna have games like this where somebody comes out of nowhere and puts up a fight, but you got to win those games. And, and if you look at even the Chargers of last year, they said something like, I don't even know, six or seven one score games that they lost. Yeah, you've got to be on the side of winning those games, and that's how you get to the playoffs and get the championship. So I was completely happy. Uh, Mahomes had a rough first half, but he really came on the fourth quarter. Part of that, like I said, the Chargers defense at that point was completely gassed. Um, he picked up a third and 20 with his legs. He ran all over the field, made some great plays and great throws. So I'm not too worried about the Chiefs. The, they they survived it. Now it's time to reset and focus on the Ravens. Yeah, and and, and again, like you said, these are the games you, you have to win. Uh, they didn't play their best game, but they found a way to to pull it out in the end. Um, they didn't let it, you know, they didn't fold basically when, when the chargers came out and kind of popped them in the mouth, they didn't say, well, you know, we we're having a bad week, move on. We'll get, just get ready for the, the Ravens. I mean, they said, no, no, we, we've got it. We'll figure it out. And, you know, it took them a little while, but they started piecing things together and piecing some plays together and, um, had a few big plays here and there, and they were able to pull it out and, and again, when, when you're, you know, a Super Bowl champion and, you know, you're defending your title, these are the games, you know, these are the games you have to win. This is what makes you that Super Bowl champion. This is what, what, you know, keeps you, you know, going for that repeat really is, is winning the, you know, even though it was a tough game, it was a game you should have won and, and you didn't play your best, but you found a way to win. So um, Mahomes is turning into that. What I always saw is Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. 
uh, I never panic with Mahomes as quarterback because, I mean, if you look at they, the Chiefs actually set a record this week, 47 straight games where they haven't lost. They've either won or lost by less than one score. So the Chiefs yeah. don't get beat by a lot of points ever. The games they do lose are close. And last year they said Mahomes was 5-0 and in games where they were down by 10 points or more. Um, and this yep. is another one where, I mean, it's you You can never count out Pat Mahomes, and that's why I love the guy so much because you can even see it in the fourth quarter. It was looking really grim for the Chiefs, and he's on the sideline just even keel. Doesn't doesn't panic, never. He's not the guy like Cam Newton where he's over there sulking on the sideline, anything. He's over there with Andy Reid coming up with what they're going to do to win the game, and they never think they're out of it. And that's yeah. what honestly makes his team so special. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it, it takes a special player to to get to that, obviously. I mean, we knew before this that Mahomes was a special player, but I mean, there's only a few of those guys in the league, despite, you know, guys having, uh, you know, all this talent. There's only a few guys that, like you said, um, if they're on my team with two minutes left, I feel confident. And if they're not on my team and my team's going against them, I, I dread um, and Mahomes has definitely turned into one of those guys the last couple of years. I think his first year starting. Um, he wasn't because he was going for those big plays. He was, you know, kind of forcing stuff and wanting the quick score and wanting to, you know, just boom, boom, boom. And now I think uh, having lost some of those games that first year of starting, he's kind of learned what he needs to do to, you know, that it's not necessarily a good thing to go out and score in three plays. Um, sometimes it's it's better to to go on that eight or nine play drive and and kind of wear down their defense and give your defense time to rest. I think that's one reason the defense got better the second half of last year and, um, you know, started this year off pretty well. Obviously, they had a rough game this week, but, um, you know, that he he's he's learning and he's evolving and he's, he's turning into that, you know, that next Tom Brady and that next Peyton Manning and uh, guys like that. It's amazing. All right, let's skip forward here. The Raiders opened up their what I mean. It, I'm just going to admit it. It's an amazing new stadium. Uh, I love the city of Vegas. The stadium looking straight down the Vegas Strip is amazing. The black seats in there, everything just looks really cool and crisp on this stadium. Um, and they and they obviously started off with a win, knocking off the Saints. So what are your thoughts on the sluggish Saints here? Ah, uh, you know, um, great game, but great game by the Chargers. Or sorry, not the Chargers, the Raiders. Um, I mean, they did what they needed to do. They got down, I think, 10 nothing early, um, came back, uh, you know, ended up winning the game by 10 points. Derek Carr looked great. Um, I think so far this season, he's really kind of having that, that, uh, you know, I'm going to prove everyone wrong kind of season. He's having, you know, when they went to the playoffs, what, three, four years ago, uh, I mean, he's kind of having that similar season. Uh, Josh Jacobs is having a phenomenal season so far. Uh, he got kind of knocked out of the game a few times throughout, but, um, you know, they got Darren Waller, they got, uh, what Edwards, uh, and rugs, the two rookie receivers, um, rugs didn't really do much in terms of stats, but I think just having him on the field and having that big play potential, um, is enough of a distraction to open up guys like Waller and Edwards or open up some running lanes for Josh Jacobs. Um, and then the defense on the Raiders, the defense looked good. Um, you know, they tat early on, they kind of struggled. They kind of tackled like the chiefs did against the chargers. Um, maybe even worse, honestly. Um, but as the game went on, they got better and better and, and, uh, you know, made some big plays in the backfield, made some big plays in the secondary linebackers played solid. 
Uh, I mean, it was a great performance by the Raiders. Um, Saints, obviously, you know, the passing game wasn't phenomenal. Drew Brees did throw for over 300 yards, but I mean, it was, again, a lot of that dink and dunk stuff, which, uh, you know, is great, but you have to be able to throw it down the field when you need to. And it just, it doesn't seem like, like Breeze and the Saints can do that yet. Part of that could be missing Michael Thomas, and part of that could just be, you know, them not being in rhythm yet, um, especially with guys like Emmanuel Sanders and things like that. But, uh, you know, I'm slightly worried about the Saints, but, you know, if they're still playing like this with Michael Thomas back and healthy and and playing full games consistently, then uh, I'll be a little more concerned right now. You know, the Saints always start seasons off a little sluggish, and then they always end up winning 12 or 13 games. So I'm not going to panic too much yet. Yeah, I think to me it's a combo of both. I'm not overly worried about the Raiders because, I mean, this game looked good, but they also almost lost to the Panthers. So you take one there, and and then this game, I think, is honestly more that the Saints are not – they're not looking right. I don't know if it's Drew Brees. I think they said that – his average air yards right now are like four and a half yards, which I remember when people were ready to crucify Alex Smith because he was only throwing for like Uh, 6.5, four something yards. I mean, basically he's just dumping off to Alvin Kamara and letting him pick up yards. So it's really, you know, it's kind of inflating his stats, making it look like he's throwing for a really good game. But in reality, he's throwing maybe a total of 100 yards, but the, the, the receivers are getting the yards after the catch. So something's not yeah. right with the Saints. I think they can get it figured out. I don't know that it's for sure, you know, Drew Brees' arm, like a lot of people are saying, or if it's just don't have the downfield weapon in Michael Thomas, but something's got to get corrected there. I'll give the Raiders all the credit in the world. They looked really good. Um, and this is going to get interesting in the in the AFC West here because – the Chiefs' schedule is a, a little tough here. The next few weeks, the Raiders could honestly get a couple game lead on the Chiefs in the division. So it's going to be real interesting. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's take a look at how our picks landed. Let me just say this: you probably should have gambled in Vegas and done a pick'em league because you went fifteen and one. Yep, I went thirteen and three. I mean, that's phenomenal. Fifteen and one, only one game. The Bengals and Browns screwed you. Yeah, I mean, I, I said in our text message earlier, you know, leave it to a sooner to to screw me over on a perfect season or a perfect <laughs> week. I mean, so. so on the season, you're 26 and six. I'm 24 and eight. So pretty good by both of us, especially when you look at, I think it was uh, Randy Moss on, on NFL Sunday Countdown. Last week, he was like five and five on his picks. So we're doing good. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's any secret that I'm better than Randy Moss in all aspects of football, so. especially receiving. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I too could also do the three catches and 163 yards and three touchdowns <laughs> against the 1998 Dallas Cowboys. So yeah, I mean, it's the Cowboys, so probably moving on. <laughs> all right, let's take a look at this week's matchups and get our picks down. So. uh Tomorrow night, I don't know how they keep drawing these excellent games for Thursday night, but Dolphins and Jags. Yeah, you know I'm, I'm going. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm I'm gonna say this. I love what I I I love Gardner Minshew. Um, I know a lot of people are saying they need to get a quarterback this next year, but I I don't see why. Um, Gardner Minshew's on a rookie contract, um, playing lights out football right now. Um, uh, you know, had a big win against the Colts, narrowly lost to the. The uh, Titans this past week, it took a last-second field goal by Guskowski um, to beat the Jaguars. So, I mean, the Jaguars, despite what 
we, you know, everyone thought, including ourselves, um, you know, the, the Jaguars are playing lights out football right now. Um, it's, you know, led by Gardner Minshew. So, uh, I'm going with the, uh, the Jaguars in this one. I think it'll be close cause I, I do like how the dolphins are playing, but the Jaguars win this one. Yeah. You know, I kind of made fun of this game because it didn't seem that exciting on paper, but this could actually be a pretty entertaining game because you said it earlier, the dolphins took the bills all the way down to the end on a game where the bills had a really good game against a really good defense. So, uh, I'm actually going to take the Dolphins in this. I like Fitz Magic here on Thursday night. All right. Well, I'll start up one. Start up uh, one. <laughs> I'll give you a head start. All right. Here's one that shouldn't be interesting, but it's going to be 49ers at the Giants. Both teams decimated with injuries. No Saquon Barkley. No Nick Bosa. Possibly Jimmy Graham. Don't know about George Kittle or anything. So who do you got in this? 49ers at the Giants. I mean, I'm still going to 49ers. I mean, we saw even though they were miss, essentially missing eight or nine starters this last game, uh, they still dismantled the Jets. The Giants aren't that bad, um, but even without you know even without those guys, the 49ers are still a better football team, I believe. Um, so I'm going to go the 49ers. It'll be close, but I think the 49ers, uh, you know, squeak this one out. Yeah, I'm going to go 49ers, assuming Jimmy Garoppolo plays because. Uh, you know, losing most of it hurts, but they do have other running backs back there that are really good. Um, yeah. You know, the defense struggles, but, you know, the Giants don't have Saquon Barkley, so I got the 49ers in this one as well. Yeah. All right, we got the Washington football team at the Cleveland Browns. Who do you got? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Cleveland Browns in this one. Um, again, this is – I think this is a confidence builder, again, for the Browns, kind of like last week. Washington's not a great football team. Um, I think the key, if they want a shot, they have to pressure Baker Mayfield. They have to get, you know, that three, four or five sacks against him. Uh, and they have to play the run at least they have to at least contain the run. I don't think they're going to shut the run down, but if they can contain the run, they have a shot. I just don't think that they can do all of that. Um, and I think, I think the Browns, um, are able to win this one. I think they're going to win by probably 10 points. Honestly, uh, I, I think between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they're going to be able to put enough of a, a pounding on that that Washington football team defense to to wear them down and kind of pull away late. Yeah, I'm with so the so Washington their pass rush looked phenomenal week one, um, but week two against Kyler Murray, he was running around enough to where it wasn't really a factor. They barely even touched him. I think for Baker Mayfield to have the same kind of success, it's just going to be what you said, just. You got Nick Chubb, you got Kareem Hunt. Just run it right up there, right up the throat, right up the middle, and then dump off passes to Kareem Hunt. He did really well at that this this week. So, yeah, I think they're going to have enough run game and short passing game that they're going to handle Washington here. Yeah. All right, your favorite, Bengals at the Trash Birds. I'm sorry, the Eagles. Man, you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to take the Eagles in this one. Um, I haven't... I haven't been impressed with them this year so far. Um, I, I think the defense has played bad. I think the offense has shown spurts where they look great, but um, you know they haven't really clicked together yet. But I think they have enough talent, enough experience to to beat the Bengals. I, again, I think this is another close game. Um, the Bengals have played well this year. They haven't got that win yet, but they've they've played well. Um, I think they keep it close, but I think the Eagles have a little, little too much experience and talent. And, uh, I think they're able to win this one by probably a touchdown. I'm going to go Bengals here. I think 
Carson Wentz is not looking like himself for whatever reason. Let's just put it this way. The virtual fans that don't even exist booed him off the field when he threw a pick last week. So uh, I don't know how that exactly happened, but it was hilarious. And uh, I, I hear that Jalen Rager's got some issues with his hand, thumb, UCL sprain or something. So uh, I, I got the Bengals. I think they're going to do it through the air. They got If they can get Joe Mixon running to go with what Joe Burrow's doing, I like him in this one. I think the Eagles are struggling right now. I hope you're right, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we talked about the Raiders beating the Saints. Now they're really going to get a chance to prove themselves because they're traveling to New England to take on the Patriots. Who do you got? Uh, I'm going to go Patriots. Um, I mean, they lost this last week against Seattle, but Seattle's playing lights out football. Um, They lost on the last play of the game by a yard. Um. You know, TCU Horn Frog stopped Cam Newton from getting into the end zone to to win the game. Um, and LJ Collier. Um, uh, but I, yeah, I mean, I love how Cam Newton's throwing the ball. I love how Cam Newton's running the ball. Um, defense, despite losing all those guys, you know, to opting out this season, defense is still playing, uh, still playing really well. I mean, I, I love what the Raiders are doing. I think it's gonna be a really close game. I think it's gonna be a tough game. Uh, but I think th- I, I'm going with the Patriots on this one. I'm going to go Patriots too. I think Cam Newton running the ball is like the, that's something that they haven't, the Raiders haven't had to stop this year. So, and Cam Newton's been doing it really well with the Patriots so far. Um, we said the Raiders struggled a little bit against the Panthers. Barely, I think it was 34 30 they won in week one. Um, they beat the, 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 you know, sputtering offense of the Saints, I guess you'll say. I think they're going to struggle against the Patriots, and I think the Patriots get it done. Yep. All right. Your Bears against your Falcons. Who do you got? Too, I mean, soon? Going, Too soon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love the Bears offense and love that that Falcons defense. Uh, I mean, I'm going I'm going the Bears. Um, I, I think the the Falcons are a little bit demoralized at this point. The the Bears are on a on I you know you could say a hot streak at this point. Um, they've got all the momentum going for them. Um, I think this is kind of that. I think this is that signature win. Even though the Falcons are zero and two, I I discuss like I still think they're a good team. They've got a good offense. Um, I think this is that kind of statement win for the Bears. Um, one on the offensive side and two on the defensive side. I think the defense is going to they're they're going to be challenged and they're going to want to come out and shut that Falcons offense down. That elite Falcons offense down and i think the the uh the bears are going to want to show that hey we can score on this team too um you know i think both sides are going to want to play a good game and and i think they're going to be able to win this one i i i see it kind of that 24 21 or 27 21 range um but I, i'm going with the bears so, so here's what i'm seeing this you know the bears had uh, a barely win over the lions that they probably should have lost had deandre swift caught it the bears have a win over the Giants without Saquon Barkley, and it wasn't a blowout win by any means. I actually like the Falcons in this one because I don't think the Bears, ha- obviously, I, I don't think the Bears have the offense that, say, the Cowboys have. The Falcons, yeah. I think it's going to be like a race to 28. If the Falcons can get to 28 points, I don't think the Bears can beat them. Um, and and honestly, the way that the Falcons have looked on offense this season is really good. It's just that their defense is the problem. So it really boils down to which Mitch Trubisky you're going to get. And can he put a whole game together? Because like you said, he's had a good second half. He's had a good first half. If he can have a whole game, I think they can beat the Falcons. But I'm going to take the Falcons in this one. 
All right, it's good to see that we're actually getting some different games this week. Yeah, I need to get. I need to catch up now, or fall further behind. <laughs> I mean, that's the option too. This is an interesting game here. You got the Los Angeles Rams here, two and zero. Bills, two and zero. Who do you got? I'm going Bills. Um, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm super high on these guys. I, I love them. I love the defense. I love the offense. Uh, I I do believe the Rams are. I mean, this is the best I've seen the Rams play since they went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I think the offense uh, is playing phenomenal. Um, despite not having Todd Gurley, they're still figuring out ways to run the ball. Jared Goff looks comfortable in the pocket. Um, they're getting the ball out of his hand quick. They're doing. You know, they're almost running a. I mean, it kind of looks like that classic high school kind of Zoom offense that they're running. I mean, they have guys, uh, you know, moving, you know, horizontally on the line. I mean, every single play um, and a lot of misdirection, uh, you know, just a lot of misdirection on the offense to to catch that defense off guard. A lot of quick releases, uh, quick throws. Um, so the offense is looking great. Um but man, I I love Josh Allen. I love this this Bills defense. So I'm going with them. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bills too. I actually do really like what the Rams are doing. I think honestly, I feel like last year the pressure of you know everybody was saying that Sean McVay was like this mastermind guru. I think a lot of the pressure kind of got to him this year. Nobody had really high expectations. I mean, even in our predictions, the Rams were either last in the division or second to last in the division. Yeah, um, I think they're just they're just out there playing football and with no expectations and and it's going really well for them. I mean, they've got some some pretty good wins so far, but I do like the Bills in this one just because, like I said, I think the Bills are are honestly one of the top teams in the AFC. So it's going to be tough for the Rams to beat them. Yep. All right, the Texans' rough start to the season. I mean, damn, this, the schedule makers were rough. Lost to the. The Chiefs lost to the Ravens, both both pretty handedly. Now they got to take on that vaunted Steelers defense in Pittsburgh. Who do you got? I'm I'm going Texans in this one. Honestly, um, I th- I think the one thing that the Steelers that Steelers defense, and I'm I'm comparing this to to Washington and Arizona last week. Uh, you know, they haven't gone against that running quarterback yet. Um, the Steelers' defense is extremely fast. Um, they get up the field really quickly, um, but I think Deshaun Watson's going to be able to use that against them the same way Kyler Murray used it against the you know against the Washington football team. Um, I think they're gonna they're gonna use that speed of the Steelers against them. They're gonna make them over pursue. Uh, it's gonna set up Deshaun Watson for some big runs, and I think it's gonna set up. Uh, Deshaun Watson to get out of the pocket and and kind of get into those scramble plays, have that defense break off of some of those receivers and and pick up some big plays down the field. Um, I think the key will be if the the Texans defense can play well and contain the Steelers offense. But um, I think if if that Texans defense can at least contain the Steelers offense, I think the Texans win this one. And I honestly, I think they win it by probably ten points. Wow, we're going against each other here. I got the Steelers, and only because. I, I don't know where the Texans wide receivers are at. Not on my fantasy team. That's for damn sure. Will Fuller, not even a single target last week. And he was pretty healthy. Not even a single target. Um, this offense is, is they've lost an identity. It used to be they had the deep ball to DeAndre Hopkins. They don't have that anymore. They just don't have an identity. They're, they don't really have, uh, I mean, David Johnson looked good against the Chiefs. Uh, I don't know. I mean, 
unless, like you said, unless they start doing some more design quarterback runs and getting Deshaun Watson down the field, but they haven't really been doing that this year. It's mostly been improv from Deshaun Watson that he's running it. So um, I don't know. The Steelers defense is pretty good this year. I think the Steelers win in a close one. All right. All right. All right. This one, uh, yeah, I would like to say this would be a hard one to pick, but I don't think it is anymore. Titans at the Vikings. Who do you got? I mean, Titans all the way. I mean, they they struggled against the Jaguars, but I also said that, you know, basically we were wrong about the Jaguars. Um, they're with Gardner Minshew and just his kind of will to win, essentially. They're a much different team than we were. We even we were anticipating going into this season. So uh, I'm not going to fault the Titans too much on that. And at the end of the day, they won the game. Um Vikings have looked terrible this year. They uh, again, you're talking about lacking identity. I mean, you have a game manager that can't manage games at the moment. Uh, they don't know what their passing game is without Stefan Diggs. Um, running game hasn't really gotten going, and then that vaunted Vikings defense, uh, particularly the secondary, is, has just been roasted so far. Uh, so I think the Titans easily win this one. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, I'm not even going to elaborate too much because it's the same thing every week. Kirk Cousins, bad. Titans, good. Titans win. Okay. Right. We got the Panthers going against the Chargers. I We don't know for certain who the Chargers QB is going to be yet. I would lean towards Justin Herbert after the news of the deflated lung or whatever today, but uh, could be Tyrod Taylor. Either way, who do you got? I mean, I'm going Chargers in this one. Uh, you know, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's a solid, you know, I, again, I think in terms of game managers, he's upper echelon. Um, but, man, I love how the Chargers played last week, especially if, I mean, whether it's Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert, um, I, I almost hope it's Justin Herbert because I want to see what he can do with a, a week to prepare as the starter, honestly. Um, but I like what Austin Eckler's doing. He's actually showing that he can run the ball consistently so far. He's averaging right around 90 yards rushing a game. Um, you know, I liked what Justin Herbert did throwing the ball, the, the defense, you know, again, like you said, they looked tired in the fourth quarter, but I mean, they, they played a good game against the best offense in the NFL. Uh, so, I mean, I'm excited to see what this chargers team can do. And I, I think they're, you know, the Panthers missing Christian McCaffrey. I think this turns into, uh, I think an easy win for the chargers. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't think it necessarily matters who the quarterback is, but if it's Justin Herbert to me, and and I was one of the kind of critics of him too in the draft, he made throws in that game last week that I'd never seen him make in college that he didn't really make at the combine. He was threading the needle in between multiple defenders, making just fantastic throws to Keenan Allen. Um, if this team plays with, and this is the defense, if they play with like three quarters of the energy they played with against the Chiefs, they can withstand that the whole game, and I think it'll be easy. I think they just gassed themselves out in the first half against the Chiefs, but they won't be required to do that against the Panthers. Uh, they're just not the team that the Chiefs are. So I, I agree with you. I think the Chargers win this one fairly easily. All right. All right. The Jets. I don't even think we probably don't even need to pick this game, but Jets at the Colts. Um, I mean, I'm going to go with your motto in that Vikings-Titans um, game. I mean, Jets suck, Colts good, Colts win. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that, I mean, yeah, there's not much that needs to be said. The Jets are just terrible. So Colts win. Yep. All right. This one's one I've been looking forward to here. Cowboys at the Seahawks. Russell Wilson's playing like an MVP. Nine TDs through two games. Who do you got? Cowboys by four touchdowns. Piece of cake. 
Cowboys <laughs> Seahawks bad. We're moving on. No. Um I mean I'm I'm gonna pick the Cowboys because that's that's what I do. Um you know, I, I, I think the the big decide the offenses I almost think negate each other to be completely honest. Um you know, the Cowboys offense is kind of you know, proven to be equal to the Seahawks at this point. Um, they move the ball a little. I think the Cowboys run the ball a little bit better than the Seahawks. Seahawks probably throw the ball a little bit better than the Cowboys. Um, the big decider here is going to be the defense. Um, if, if whatever team, you know, has the edge on the defensive side is going to win the game. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Cowboys because, I mean, I, I have to. <laughs> I'm gonna go Seahawks here, and, and the reason, one of the reasons, because the injuries to the Cowboys secondary. I mean, Russell Wilson's playing. I think right now it's between him and Aaron Rodgers for MVP. So he's playing well. I and the other big thing on the offense is the skill wise, they're similar, but I think that the Seahawks make less mistakes. I mean, four fumbles in a quarter is just on. You can't. You, they can't do something like that against the Seahawks like they could against the Falcons because they won't be coming back against the Seahawks like they did against the Falcons there. So. I got the yeah. Seahawks winning a close one, but I think it is going to be a fun game to watch. Yeah, and 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 uh, it's going to be a hard game because uh, I also have Russell Wilson as my quarterback and <laughs> and two of my fantasy leagues, so my two main fantasy leagues. Uh, so it's very bittersweet. I'm considering benching him. <laughs> All right, we got Lions at the Cardinals. What do you got on that one? Um, I mean, kind of going with that. You know, that Titans Vikings thing. I think uh Lions suck, Cardinals good enough. So uh I don't I don't want to say the Cardinals are great yet, but they're good enough and they're on a good enough roll. Uh I think that momentum carries them. I think they beat the Lions. Yeah, I think the Cardinals are are honestly to me one of the more surprising. Like they're they're doing good good things. I mean, one of the games obviously it, it wasn't a challenging game against Washington, but the, the win over the 49ers is huge. So uh, Lions aren't anywhere near what the 49ers are. I like the Cardinals in this one as well. Yep. All right. We got Tom Brady and the Bucks going against Jeff Driscoll and the Broncos. Who do you got? Broncos are too hurt in this game. I mean, they missing key defensive guys, obviously missing key offensive guys. Uh, and then you got Tom Brady on the other side of the ball who, who seemed to find a rhythm against a bad team last week. Uh, and that Buccaneers defense, you know, I, Levante David is, it, I mean, man. That guy is, is a monster. So, I, I mean, I'm going Buccaneers all the way. Yeah, I'm going Bucks, And I do think that the Husker Levante David is is the guy you're going to see being called on a lot. The thing is, I, I don't know that Tom Brady's going to have a great game. The Broncos actually did well against the Steelers offense. I mean, all things considered with all the injuries they had, A.J. Bouye being gone. Um, I mean, they were in the game at the end with Jeff Driscoll at quarterback. So, uh, obviously, I think the Bucks easily win this. but. Yeah, I think it's more Levante David than Tom Brady. All right. All right, we got Packers and Saints on Sunday Night Football. Normally, this would be a phenomenal game, but the way the Saints have been playing, who do you got? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go Packers in this one, um, but I'm basing that on Michael Thomas potentially not playing. Uh, I think if Michael Thomas plays, it's a little bit different game, but uh, at the moment, I mean, I'm going with the Packers because, again, it, it's – from what I've heard, it doesn't seem like Michael Thomas will be playing this week. Um, so I got—I mean, you got to go Packers at that point. Yeah, I'm gonna go Packers as well. And the main thing is, I think the Packers kind of pulled the Chiefs last week. 
and looked past uh, the game and and they started out really slow, but then they slammed on the gas and just blew them out. So uh, I got Packers, like I said, Aaron Rodgers and, and Russell Wilson to me are, are leading the MVP race and the Saints just are looking like a, a very small fraction of what they used to be. So I got the Packers by maybe 10 in this one. All right. All right. What could be the most, I mean, I don't even know. This, I'm, I'm going to have to like lock myself in solitary confinement for this game. Monday night football chiefs at the Ravens, possibly the top two teams, in the NFL going at it on Monday night football. Who do you got? Ravens by 10 Ravens. Good chiefs. Bad simple. Now, um, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm going I'm going Chiefs on this one. Um, you know, again, we talked about. I feel like they overlook the Chargers. Um, the Ravens are obviously a hot team uh, offensively and defensively. Have the reigning MVP, but at the end of the day, the the Chiefs have an MVP of their own, and they're the reigning Super Bowl champions. And if I remember right, I think the last time they played, the Chiefs won this game. So, um, you know, I Pat, I love Lamar Jackson, but Pat Mahomes is better. Um, I love the the Chiefs or the Ravens receivers, but the Chiefs receivers are better. Uh, running backs, I'd say, are probably a wash. You know, I like Clyde at uh, Edward Tolaire, but Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins are pretty goddamn good too. Um, Ravens defense is is better than the Chiefs, uh, I think, without a doubt. But I think honestly, to me, the Chiefs offense is better than the Ravens without a doubt, uh, and I think that's going to be the difference. Oh boy. So in the over what it's been a year and a couple of weeks that we've been predicting this, I have never picked against the chiefs. I'm going to pick against the chiefs in this game. I got to go Ravens. And here's it. I don't think it's because the Ravens are honestly a better team. I don't even think they're going to have a better season than the chiefs, but right now being where they're at the Chiefs' secondary, let me read you the cornerback list here. They have luxurious need rookie. Uh, Bo Pete keys, rookie. Rashad Fenton, second year, and that's it. That's all the corners they have on the team right now. They still have guys on suspension. The secondary is beat up. They can't tackle. The linebackers had a bad game. They are getting Mike Pinnell back, but where I think this one is going to get away from the Chiefs is going to be the run game, and in particular, Lamar Jackson, because they couldn't stop the Chargers run game, and honestly, the Chargers run game is not even near the level the Ravens run game is at right now. If this game, let, let me just put this, if this game were like week eight and they had, and the Chiefs had Bashad Breeland back, they had a chance to get the defense in order. I think the Chiefs win this one. I mean, it has, they are 2 0 against, Pat Mahomes is 2 0 against Lamar Jackson. So um, I'm going to bittersweet pick the Ravens. Don't get me wrong. I want the Chiefs to win, but I think the Ravens are going to win a close one. Um, I mean, a, a, a couple, a couple things real fast. Um, <laughs> uh, Legereus Snead does, I believe, have two interceptions. He does. Uh, number two, fake fan alert. Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, you jumped off that bandwagon. Real- <laughs> I've always been a diehard Ravens fan, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You still got a Jamal Lewis jersey. Uh, also a Ray Lewis jersey. Plus, don't mention that autograph Joe Flacco framed jersey <laughs> most elite quarterback in the nfl ever best eyebrows i've ever seen <laughs> Davis level. Uh, no, i do think that the one the one thing that the chiefs can do to easily win this game is they have to start really fast on offense if they can score like 21 points in the first half and make lamar jackson throw it that's a whole different ball game but 
if they start out and Lamar Jackson runs the ball and then the Ravens get a lead, I think the Chiefs are going to struggle a little bit. I mean, the, the, the biggest thing the Ravens can do it, 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 like it, it is run the ball, um, number one, because if they run the ball, they control the clock. Um, they control the clock. They keep the the Chiefs' offense off the field. Um, they tire out the Chiefs' defense. They they keep the Chiefs' offense off the field. I, I said, you know, going back to last season, um, the biggest advantage that that the uh, the Chiefs have that you know that the Chiefs have on defense is that Patrick Mahomes figured out how to actually manage a game uh, rather than deciding, you know, hey, I've got the ability for us to score in three plays, but maybe it's not best for us to score in three plays. Maybe I should go on an eight, nine, 10 play drive. If I can, um, when he, when he changed that mindset, that was the best thing that ever happened to, to this defense, but the Ravens can negate that by establishing the run and keeping that defense on the field and that the chiefs offense off the field. So, um, I think getting Mike Pinnell back is going to be huge because last year you talked about Chris Jones struggling as the run. Honestly, if you look at, the numbers when Chris Jones was hurt and off the field, the Chiefs run defense was way better. Yeah. Uh, because Mike Pinnell playing and he's been suspended for the first two weeks. So he's coming back, not off an injury or anything. He's coming back fully healthy and yep. they got a shot at this. I think it's really, I, to me, it's down to Lamar Jackson running. I yep. think it, with Mike Pinnell, they're going to shut down the middle run game pretty good. But if, if Lamar Jackson takes off and runs, and honestly, I think the Chiefs' biggest concern right now is if Lamar Jackson, you know, establishes the run and all of a sudden he opens up deep passes because everyone's having to play up on the line. And, yeah. uh, and right now the Chiefs' secondary is just decimated with the injuries and, and the suspension of Bashad Breeland. So I think if this, if this takes place even three weeks later, I think the Chiefs win, but I got, I got the Ravens by a field goal. All right. Fake fan. Good job. <laughs> all right. Mike, you got anything else to add to this week? That's our picks. Uh, I mean, I'm, Again, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm just looking up, looking forward to some great games this week. I mean, Chiefs, Ravens. Uh, I mean, potential AFC Championship game. Uh, Packers, Saints. Again, potential NFC Championship game. Uh, Cowboys, Seahawks. Potential playoff game there. Uh, maybe, maybe even an NFC Championship game. Uh, so, I mean, you have three big. I mean, not just big. I mean, huge matchups this week. Um, but then again, even going through the list, Raiders, Patriots, what kind of implications could that have on the playoffs? Uh, you know, Rams, Bills, what a, I mean, phenomenal matchup right there. And then even that Bears Falcons game, um, if you just look at it from that Bears defense to the Falcons offense, um, you know, what kind of, what kind of matchup will that be? I mean, it's, uh, I mean, you know, great defense against a great offense. Uh, mediocre offense against a bad defense in that matchup. Um, but that should still be a fun game to watch. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of great games. And then even looking at lesser games, you know, like tomorrow night's game, um, dolphins and bill or sorry, dolphins and Jaguars, um, you know, can the Jaguars pick up a win and get to two and one, uh, what kind of progression do we see out of the, you know, out of the dolphins again, same thing with the Bengals. Um, not necessarily looking for the wins. We're looking for the progression. Um, we're looking to see them get better week in and week out. Um, and then, you know, when does that clock start ticking for, you know, to a tongue of Iola to, to, to eventually take over? Because I believe we're going to get to that this season. Um, 
you know, so how how far into the season does that that clock start ticking? So um, a lot of great games this week and and even a lot of great storylines and the not, you know, as great games. Uh, so a lot to look forward to. Yeah, honestly, even though it's only week three, I mean, there's some playoff implications in some of these games, even Chiefs and Ravens right now. I mean, it, it comes down to the end of the season and they both have close to the same record. This game could be huge on who gets the one seed or, or however the playoffs lay. So this is, it's huge. Well, yeah. And, and, and I mean, even though it's only week three, I mean, this is make or break for some teams. You look at the Eagles, if they, if they do lose to the Bengals, they're and three uh, playoff team last year. Oh, and three uh, Texans. If they lose to the Steelers, they're and three, um, at the, on the flip side, though, if the Steelers lose to the Texans, yeah, they're still two and one. But, you know, is that that, you know, that little straw that that the Steelers need to kind of break a little bit, you know? Um, and then and then, you know, again, moving on Colts beating the the Jets and getting to two and one and, and kind of uh, establishing some control in that division with the Titans, uh, you know, Buccaneers, uh, Buccaneers looking for a win to get to two and one the Chargers, you know? Um, imagine if, if the Raiders lose and the chiefs lose and the chargers win now, all of a sudden you got three teams at two and one in that division. Um, even though I think skill wise, they're, they're vastly separated, um, at the end of the day, same record. Uh, so there's a lot of, a lot of big potential storylines. Cardinals, if they can beat the lions, uh, they're three and oh. Um, if, if, uh, the Rams lose and the Seahawks lose Cardinals could be leading the NFC West at, after this week, potentially. So, um, and then, you know, the Cowboys, if they're able to pull out a win against the Seahawks and giants lose and Washington lose, like we're predicting. And then the, the Eagles are upset, you know, the Cowboys are in complete control of that division at that point, um, uh, at division, but still in control. And at the end of the day, you know, all you got to do is make it to the playoffs, uh, so I mean, there's huge implications. And like I said, some of the funnest things this week are going to be, um, just kind of some of the side storylines, like I said, uh, dolphins, Jaguars, and then, you know, how the saints progress on offense this week. Uh, do they finally get it really going this week? Um, and then chiefs Ravens is just going to be absolutely phenomenal. I'll tell you the other headline to look out for is will Keith finally win a fantasy football game this year? Uh, you know, if we're doing the magic eight ball, uh, out, uh, <laughs> outcome not so good. <laughs> oh, um, ouch. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's another thing just to touch on fantasy football. I mean, with some of these injuries, uh, you're talking about Saquon Barkley. You know, I I lost Christian McCaffrey in one league, and then in another league, I've got Michael Thomas and, and Le'Veon Bell both out. So, uh you know, I mean, everyone is is really suffering right now. So um, it, this is where you really tell the, the true fantasy football guys who can really adjust and and, uh, you know, get what they need to and, and uh, you know, kind of play on a swivel, essentially. Yeah. In my defense, it's been a terrible luck year. So week one, I actually had the second highest score in the league, but played the number one guy, obviously. So I got the yep. loss. But if I played anyone else, I would have had a win. And then the second week, Saquon Barkley goes down out for the season. So uh, obviously lost that game because I was missing a running back. I think my team's there. I just got to put it all together here. Now, what about your other team? And you know and, what? And, I mean, that's just a warm-up league. It's fine. <laughs> but your record at the end of the day is 0-2 in both of them, right? Yeah, that is correct. Winless. So you do confirm it. <laughs> yeah. 
And that's all we have for today. <laughs> but no, really, that is all we have for today. Mike, where can they find us? Uh, as always, check us out on gridironauthority.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, uh, Apple Music, uh, you know, Google, Spotify, uh, anything like that. Check us out on um, like and subscribe. Uh, make sure you leave a comment, ask us any questions, or just call us dumb if you want to. I don't care. Uh, just give us some feedback. We'd love to hear it. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.